For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. We're born anew that we might and may do good works, which God predestines, planned beforehand, for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living in the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So God's done something here already for us, eh? And it's a really, uh, you look at this and you think, prearranged is, is our lives pre-mapped out by God. But it isn't, it's the good works that we want God wants us to do. He's made a way for us to do that, to work in the way that he is. If we are recreated in Christ, we are created like Christ to do those things. We are not Christ. But that's Holy Spirit that he died upon the cross for to give us, gives us the ability to do and walk the paths that we would have, he'd have us to do. Now when we were in the bush up at Nukumba, um, there's a community of three or four hundred people and uh, I'm just struggling. What do I do, Lord? You know, how, how do I, how are you going to use Karami in this place? You know, you've got people that are Christians, you've got people that are follow the way of their, their tribal things. You've got two conflicting things here. And if we are in Christ, we have to stand as Christ would stand. And it's always going to be the truth because truth sets us free. Truth takes us to the place where Christ wants us to be. Truth is continually leads us on the path of righteousness where he would want us to be. So continually where there's things going on in that, that community. There was one mother that wanted um, spiritual things to be done with um, the young men and all the other stuff there. And then you had Dickie and all those that wanted the word of God to be preached. So, you know, you've got to make stands all the time who you are and where you are in Christ. So we started the home fellowship in, in our house. And it started off at one night a week with three or four people. Then it was nearly three or four nights a week with 20 odd people. <laughs> and it just grew because the people were so hungry for the word of God. And we found that that's where God put us. You know, God's got plans for each and every one of us. They are very different. But the plan and the paths that God has got for you are his plan for you. We need to take up the cross, but then said that cross, and do what Christ would have us do. Because we don't have to do anything except be obedient to the Heavenly Father. Do what he says, and you'll see miraculous things happen. We saw a community which had a basketball team that would go in on a, sorry, a football team that would go on a Friday night and actually we bought the bus for them with some money and um, it would go on a Friday night to play football would get drunk that night. They'd be so drunk that they couldn't even play football because half of them forgot their shoes, half of them never even showed up. <laughs> but praise God, within a year, within less than one year, with the fact those people whose lives were being changed, what happened was they would go in on a Saturday morning. Before they got on the bus, they would all stand and pray. When they got on their oval, they all stood together and they prayed the whole team, including the coach. And two years in a row when they did that, they actually won the grand final. You know, praise God. God is good. So, you know, if you think that God's got nothing spectacular for you, everything we do for God is spectacular because it changes lives. It doesn't matter if it's one or a hundred. It doesn't matter if it's your neighbour, your friend, the bloke next door, the people you work with. That's the good works. We're not saved by good works. We're saved to do the good works. Amen. We've got an amazing God. We've got an amazing God. I'm going to move on to um, Colossians. And we're going to go to Colossians chapter uh, 
Read it, verse 1 to 7 and I want you to read this first because there's so much in here. You know, Paul was put in jail for preaching, not preaching the word of God, but for teaching, teaching the Gentiles. Here is he sending all this word out. And if I look at you, look at Paul. No matter where he was or what he... Paul continually, no matter what circumstance he was, he did those good works. Whether he'd be in jail, whether he'd be uh, in those places where they're cold and dark and damp places, yet all he did was praise or give out praise. The Colossus Church, I think back then, was probably only five or six years old. It was a new church. So here he is in jail, sharing the word of God to these people to lift them up. And that's what being part of a church, the body of Christ, you know. We come here to be lifted up, to hear, to, to hear the word of God, to share with each other, to be part of the family of Christ. Because, mate, what a family it is to be. I wouldn't want to be any other way, living in fear and because I'm only going to live by this word. It is the word of God. It is powerful. It is truth. It sets every single person free that comes to this and asks for it. It is theirs to take. It is such a blessing to have. Let's just read it. If then you've been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on the things that what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real internal life is hidden with Christ, with God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendour of his glory. So kill, dead, deprive the powers of evil desires lurking in your members. Those animal impulses, all that are earthly, and that is employed employ in sin, sexual violence, impurity, sexual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness. For that is idolatry and just defying of self and other creation, and created things instead of God. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are disobedient, opposed to the divine will, among whom you were once, we were, when you were all living and addicted into such these such practices. But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses and slander, foul mouth abuse, shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, unregenerated self with its evil practices, and have clothed yourselves with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remoulded into fuller and more perfect knowledge and upon knowledge, after the image and the likeness of him who created it. In this new creation, all distinction, distinction vanishes. There is no room for, and there can be neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or none, not in circumcised. Nor difference between nations, whether alien, barbarian, Scythians, who are the most savage of all, nor slave, nor free man. But Christ in and was in all, and in all, everything and everywhere, to all men, without this uh, distinction of person. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives, what are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself. Putting on the behaviour marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, Kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering, and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Be gentle and forbearing with one another, and one another has a, if one another has a difference, a grievance or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord 
has pardoned and forgiven you. And above all these things, put on love and unfold yourselves with a bond of perfectness which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. And let the peace of soul harmony which comes from Christ rule, act as the umpire continually in your heart, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live and thankful, uh, appreciative, giving praise to God. Let the word of God, the spoken word by Christ, the Messiah, have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight, intelligence and wisdom. In spiritual things, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with grace in your hearts. And whatever you do, no matter what it is, words or deed, everything in the do, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, and is dependent upon his person, giving praise to God the Father. Now, I'm just going to go through this a little bit now because there's so much that Paul has put in here. He starts off saying, If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, seek those things which are above where Christ is at the right hand of, of God. Now when we seek things, we seek things, that's an eternal thing. It's not something we're going to seek Christ for a little while. I know when I first became a Christian, I didn't seek too hard. I really didn't, and I really feel ashamed of some of the things I did when I was supposed to be a Christian, and how I acted. I didn't act like a Christ was. I made a commitment in South Australia. We moved to the Northern Territory. I didn't go to church. We didn't even realise there was a church there for quite some time to carriage. Mother showed us where we could go. But I was a butcher. My trade was a butcher. And uh, at the butcher shop, most butchers, they do a lot of drinking, and it's really not a nice place. My wife would send a taxi to come and pick me up from the butcher shop. I had two little children at that stage. And you know, I think back, you know, I'm supposed to be this person of God, and what were people saying? They weren't seeing me at all, well, they were seeing me. They certainly weren't seeing God. And I certainly was not doing the things of God. Until one day I'm sitting outside on the bottom of the boss's car, and he walked out. And I'm just sitting there showing him, and he looked at me and said, What's wrong? I said, Why the hell are we doing this? Why is it that every day we do the same thing and your life doesn't change as more as mine? This isn't living. This is simply a habit of what you do. You've done it all your lives and that's what you do. And he looked at me, shook his head and walked off. I said, he's crazy. <laughs> but I realised then that I, God had done something in my life but I hadn't done anything for God in my life for him. So we started to go to church and things changed. So we had to seek God. So there's a lot of things when we seek our Lord, there's a lot of changing. I had to do a lot of changing. But I tell you, I did a lot of hiding too. There was a lot of things in my life that I hid. Because when you walk into church, you don't want people seeing them, so you hide them. But I tell you, you can't hide anything from Christ. Absolutely nothing. So in his wisdom, he will always show us the ways and he will show us the paths that he has prepared for us to do. He didn't prepare paths for us to live in the world, to be a Christian and live there, but live as a worldly person. What he did, those pastors, to live in this world as a Christian, as a Christ-centred person, giving all the praise, all the glory, all of our life to him. And you know what? That is a cost. It really is a cost. And the cost is we have to change our lives. Because our lives were so loose to used to living in a certain way, that's the path we took. And here is you, we've got a Bible that tells us, hey, that's the wrong path. My path leads to life, eternal life. Those paths lead to death, eternal 
or death. It always comes to choices what we do. Always. And you know, our place up there when we're there, we have people rocking up all times of day and night and you think, man, here again. You know, you've just finished home fellowship at 2 o'clock in the morning, you've got someone knocking the door. But you know, you've got to get up and do it because if someone's out there in pain or hurting or needing to hear the word of God or just simply need to hear that God loves them. There is nothing more powerful than telling someone, Christ loves you and he died for you. And often that's just what they need to hear. Look, you know, God's got a way. We need to change those ways and walk in these ways. And then our lives start to change and mine started to change. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things of the earth. It's a lifelong change of patterns. And we get stuck in our patterns. Friday nights when we lived in Nail Springs, Friday night we'd go and buy a pick the chicken. Every night, every Friday, go and chicken. Annabelle and her husband then would come around. That's what we did. It was a pattern that we did. But I must admit, in that pattern we got to talk the Word of God. Because back then they weren't Christians, so we had to change what we were doing. We went and praise God, He opens the door. He opens doors continually. If we seek Him, if we want to have the eternal things of treasure, you know, we're not here to glory each other. We're here to put souls into heaven. We're not even in a church to have a good time. We're here to praise God, support each other, and put souls into heaven. That is our greatest thing that Christ has done, because he did it for us. Freely, there was no cost to us, but it was to him that bit. But the cost is we need to pick up our cross daily. We do need to do that. We need to follow him. So we need to focus that our things are on the eternal things. All these things are going to go away. They're all going to go to bit. They're all going to rot. First, set your minds on things that are above, yet pattern ourselves. But he says here, Paul gives us an amazing amount of things here to look at in from verse 10 to probably 14 of how do we live our life as Christ was, because this is how he lived. He died to self. In a new life where it says it's hidden with Christ, but we have to die to that old nature. When we are born again, that's a new nature that comes on. Christ does something different. It's not the outside in that Christ does. We actually are re, uh, what we are, we are actually a handiwork of Christ is from the inside out. The recreation is not our face and our body, we look the same. But it's our hearts, it's our hearts and our minds. God wants to re, that's what he recreates. That's where we have to focus on these things. You know, we have to die to self. It's a really hard thing to do because we are naturally selfish people, we want things. I need that, or I really desire that. But you know, we need to put our desires where God would have them. Because as he comes, he will, will be, everything will be revealed, you know, we'll be with him. Die to self. Kill and deaden and deprive the power of evil. Well, the things that we think, the things we say, the things that we do. It's an easy thing to mouth. Truly is like a, like a, like a, um, a boat with no rudder at. Sometimes we say things that, wow, I shouldn't have said that. You know, we can hurt someone, whether it be a child or a friend. Or we, Why did I say that? Why the heck did I say that it didn't build up or pulls down? Like Christ, Paul continued to build up. Whether it was in jail or wherever he was, he, he just built up the fellow, built up the church, built up the people that are around him. You know, he killed the things that are of himself. We know what he did. He put people in prison. Here's a man that his whole life was turned upside down when he met Christ. And that's what Christ wants to do. He should turn our world upside down. Because if it doesn't, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with how we're living. Because I don't know too many people that have been a Christian all their life. You know, I praise God for those that are. But most of us have come and we've met him along the way. 
So we have to kill and dip that old man, the old person, the old lady. So we have to be a new, a new man. A new man raised in Christ. Sin separates, we know that, verse 6 and 7, 8. Sin separates us from God. That's why he died on the cross. Rid ourselves of all shameful utterances. We have now been stripped of our old nature. But when Christ comes into our life, that old nature should be gone. And we're going to read in a minute, there's eight things here that Paul's put out that are pretty much God-like things that we should be displaying in our life. There's eight attributes here that we should be putting in our lives. And it's a, probably a really good check that we can say, well, you know, well, I don't think I have that one there. Lord, I need to change. If you are going to use me, I need to change my heart to do the things you want me to do. Verse 10 11. We've been clothed ourselves, we have put on and clothed ourselves with a new spiritual self continually being renewed. I love this. Continually being renewed, remoulded into more perfect knowledge upon knowledge into the likeness of him who created it. Continually. This doesn't happen overnight. That's the other thing. It does sometimes, but most of us, we are in a learning process. And we only learn as we come to church, we share with each other, and we read this word of God. There's nothing else in the world that has got all the truth except for this word, the Bible. It is so precious. So as we continue, we need to renew our mind and renew our heart. We need to look at this word, we need to pray for each other, we need to be there for each other. It leads to a new life, it leads to an eternal life. It leads to everything that is in Christ. But if we keep to the old nature, we're going to have everything in the world. And you know what? We won't see things. We won't see things happen in our lives. We won't see change. We need to focus on Christ in everything we do, everything say, and say, Christ, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Where should I be? He'll answer you. If we ask him with a heart and really desire Christ, he will always answer. In this creation, verse 11, there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile. We are now one in Christ. That, I think, is amazing to know. We're not becoming Jews, and the Jews are not becoming Gentiles. He's made us one body. One perfect body in Christ. There's not two. You might go places and they might say that there isn't this one body in Christ. There is no, he said there is no distinction between man, no matter what race, what colour, what tongue, what he speaks. We are one. We need to pray for all those people that are one with us. Regardless of where they are, the nation, the tongue they speak. You know, it's, if we don't, who will? The people out there in the world, right? It is up to, we have an obligation to stand in between those that have a need, or those that don't, even those that aren't in Christ. Because time is running out. It really is. We look how the world's going, and think, man, it's just out of control, you know. But if we look at verse 12, and um, 14 here it says, As God's elect, we are his chosen representatives. We will not only put aside our old life and ways, but we should now display eight new characteristics of Christ. And I'm looking at these things and I'm going, wow, God, we always got some work to do, haven't we? <laughs> well, he has. And the first one, look, it says, tender mercies. Uh, well, individual blessings, assurance. It's a spiritual gift. You know, be merciful to each other. Be tender to each other. Number two about this was kindness. It's a generous, be considerate to each other. You know, supportive to each other. We need these things in our lives. This is our crossroads. You know, everywhere he was with, his, with the apostles, he was continually lifting them up on a, 
And you know, some did the wrong thing, we know them, look at Peter and others. And here he was, he did so, did he behind me, not to him, to Satan he did. But he built them up and brought them back, continually showed them the ways of our error. And he showed the kindness and humility. Meekness, number four, that's humble. We need to be humble, we need to be patient. We need to be bearing with one another, gentleness, patience, love. This can be a difficult one sometimes, I tell you. There's probably people sometimes that just rubbed up the wrong way. And you're like, God, he really needs to do with something. But then God says, no, no, sorry, Mark, it's not him, it's you. You are the one with the problem, not him. Because that's how you see him or her. That's not how Christ sees him, and it's not how he's seeing us. Yeah, we can love each other. Every one of us is different, but Christ died for each and every one of us the same way, at the same time. All the sins, everything's gone. We are all new, recreated in Christ, in the same image as he is on the inside. We need to really know what Christ is. Meekness, be humble and patient. Long-suffering, be patient one day, and one day at a time. You know, you think something you probably wouldn't pay for, but pray for, be long-suffering. But it's one day at a time. You know, we've all gone through things in our lives and going through things. Lord, when will this end? It seems to just go on. But you know what? You keep praying and you'll break through. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, I'm not going to answer your prayers. Not one place does it say, you can pray but I'm not going to answer. Everywhere you look, he says, I'll answer your prayers. If you represent whoever, uh, uh, me as I am, Christ, the living King, then he will answer our prayers. And sometimes they may be a while, but you know what? You've got to hang in there. We've just got to keep praying, whether it be for family, whether it be other members, whatever, we've got to. We have to um, forgive one another. There we go. We have to forgive each other. Continually. You know, even in our families, they well, why would they do that? You've got to forgive that. We forgive our children, we forgive our wives, and we forgive our husbands. And you think, my goodness, how many times does God have to forgive us? <laughs> you know, He's a very forgiving God. And He wants us to be the same. With a heart full of forgiveness. A heart full of these things. Forgive one another. He says, above all these things, and you can guess what it is. Love is above all. Love is the number one thing. We know love hung him on the cross. He died for us. He took our sins. He gave us his healing. You know, we take communion every Sunday. There's two parts to the communion. One is we are, have our sins taken one of them. The second part, the broken body, we have healing. A lot of people can take the first bit and they don't take the second. They have no understanding. One, they've probably never seen it, have never read the Bible, don't understand it. There's so many people I know out there that are like that. Different churches, different places. What, but you know God says, and do we run across that many, many times, especially in the Aboriginal church? Well, that was for them. You know, you're not reading the Bible. Somewhere, we must have a different Bible. Because mine says, it is for now. It says, you are healed. It says, it is done on the cross. If it isn't, why did he die for Why did he have the stripes on his body? If it was not to do what he says. We have a God that does exactly what he says. But the trouble is we need the faith to believe what he says. Because without the faith nothing happens. He was obedient to the Father to do that. We need to be obedient to the Son and do what he says. And walk in those ways. Talk in those ways. Show the people those ways. Lay our hands on the sick and we will recover. You know, Spigglesworth went to to, um, New York. There were so many people, he couldn't preach in them anywhere. He walked up and down the streets, walked up and down and said, God, talk to this message of truth and power and love and healing. People would bring out their sick. And you know what? They were being healed. He didn't have to pray. He walked past them. Because his faith was so strong and his word was so powerful. He was so engulfed in what God could do, not what man could do. 
that God moved. God moved. And you know what he did with the dead bloke? He walked past a um, funeral parlour one day and the bloke had been dead for three days. He said to the people, can you move out? He got this bloke up to the wall and put it, be, be alive. Let him go. He fell down. <laughs> Grab him again, put it on, be alive. Drop him, let him go. You can imagine outside. Bang, bang, all his hair. What would the family think? Grabbed him again and put him on the wall and said, be healed. I've told you three times, I will not tell you again, be healed. That man walked out of the place, went back to his family. That's the God we have. If we doubt God or we don't believe what he can do, we're not going to see anything happening. But we've got a God that is powerful. He is awesome. He has done everything we need to do for yesterday, today, tomorrow and in the future. It's all here. It's all on the cross. He is an amazing God. Let the peace of God next rule in our heart. We need to be peaceful with each other. We need that peace to rule our God. Because with these things that we're looking here, these eight things, it all encompasses how God works in our lives. And we need them all. We need them all. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Peace equals God's. It's God's cross gift to us all. Let the word of God dwell in us richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing each other in psalms and hymns. Spiritual songs with grace. I love that, with grace in our hearts. We have to speak and kick and torch and show each other the grace that Christ showed us. And I know sometimes it's going to be difficult, but it's what God wants us to do. If we are going to make an impact here in, in uh, Mackie or anywhere else, or anywhere else life, this is what we need to do. We need to live like he says. Uh, we need to just go and tell people. I had a friend that would, when he wanted to share the word of God, it was like a, a bit of fork too. You know, bang him around the head. Boom, you hear that? It doesn't do anything because it's not done in love, is it? But when you share the love of Christ, it changes people's hearts and they will listen. They will listen. So whatever, whenever, this is verse 70, at all times, doing what? Uh, sorry, do in word and deed. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You know, I'm going to summarise that and we'll put this back in a, a few little paragraphs. I come across something for um, that Smith Wigglesworth and man, I, no one could actually say that any better than what this is. And this is what he says. The Bible is the Word of God. It is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in valour, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, amen, inspired in totality, read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out, pass it on. Truly it is the word of God. It brings into man the personality of God. It changes the man until he becomes the epistle of God. It transforms his mind, changes his character, takes him from grace to grace and gives him an inheritance in the spirit. God comes in, God dwells in, God walks in, God talks through, God starts with us. He couldn't say anything better, eh? Just a whole lot he's put it there, and just a few, <laughs> a few words. No one could say it like he's just put it there and like a while. And that's what it is. You know, it's to build us all up. This word always to build and to guide us and show us where we need to be. And I know I've got a lot of checks. You know, always, Lord, I'm, what do you want me to do? Where should I be? Because the things in the world want to take place in what we do. And of course they should, but they do. But we need to change that around. That the things of God take the place of those other things will fall into place. Because that's what God does. So God bless you all this morning.
I hope that, um, yeah, you have really blessed me. I hope, I want to hope. I pray that your week will be blessed this week as you move forward. We move forward with God because He is precious in everything we do. Thank you.